welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How are we all doing? I am, of course, your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Anstream Arcade, Agriculture, Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise of the Dragons, and The Valiant. But before I get to what I've been playing, I want to mention a few news-related things. First and foremost, not really the foremost or first thing, but I, it's the first thing. It's not that important, though. I just wanted to say, Anchi, yes, I am excited about Final Fantasy XIV coming to Xbox. That's great news. I've been waiting for that for years. I only showed annoyance in the Discord because I am annoyed by Square in general and what they're doing. I don't understand them. I think I've said this before. An acquisition via Sony seems inevitable. Makes so much sense. So much sense. It makes so much sense, even though Lunchbox would disagree. However, with this news, even though I think if Sony were to acquire Square, putting Final Fantasy XIV specifically on Xbox still makes plenty of sense. Both S-E-N-S-E, -E, I hope I spelled that right, and C-E-N-T-S. I look at that. I, I, I decided to make it funny and spell out sense twice, and I lost my fucking gosh darn train of thought. I think it would make sense if Sony put that on Xbox, even if they were to acquire Square, except now with this news, I feel like Square, while they would love to be acquired, Sony probably does not give a shit. I'm sure they've asked Sony, hey, would you, would you mind just buying us? We got rid of all the fucking dumb Western studios. You don't have to deal with that. It was just pure Final Fantasy. All right? Don't you want us? And Sony was probably something along the likes of... Nah, we good. Our relationship currently is fine. You know, we, we got a good thing going for us. You keep putting the big guns on us, exclusive, on console. You can put them on PC whenever the hell you feel like it, whenever you get them working. But keep them. Only on PlayStation. Time exclusive. Who fucking knows? That is one of the most annoying things about the Square Sony relationship is that stuff like Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XVI. Are they time exclusives? Are they forever exclusives? Forspoken 2 is in there, I guess. But who really cares about that game? No one. Except it's 50% off on the PlayStation Store and I'm kind of interested, but I don't have PlayStation credit. And that is the only way in which I ever buy games pretty much on playstation and my avenue for getting playstation credit i use those points for stuff outside of other than playstation credit so not gonna get forespoken i think we all ended up winning out on that front but a bunch of fucking word vomit right there what was i getting at <laughs> With Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy XVI, I don't believe they've ever come out and said specifically these are forever exclusives on PlayStation. Maybe they have. 
but I don't believe that is the case. Forspoken, they might have said that. Either way, if they're time exclusives, how long? What is the time frame? Just give us some gosh darn transparency or put a ring on it, Sony, and acquire them 100%. Something or other, because I look at those games and I, I think, okay, I'm fine waiting if they will eventually come to Xbox. That's what I've been doing with Final Fantasy XIV this whole time. And now it's finally coming. Exciting. I'm glad it's coming. <laughs> it's, it's still going to be a while. I'm glad it's not coming until spring of 2024 because that gives me time to maybe actually be in a place where I could play it because there's no way in hell if it came out this week, this year, I'd feel like I have the mindset and time to play it. But with that, <laughs> I keep distracting myself. I keep going off these fucking data. Whatever. Just fucking say something about remaking 16. Are they ever coming? I, 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 that, that was it. That was it again. I don't mind waiting if they will eventually come to Xbox. I just want to know, are they eventually coming to Xbox? Do I have to wait five years? Is that the time exclusive time frame? Just give me some fucking transparency. Let me know. Let me know if I should keep waiting or if I should buy them on X or uh, PlayStation. Because I would like to play them. I would like to play them. And I don't mind playing them on PlayStation. I don't have any ill will towards PlayStation. Eh, I, I love the PlayStation 1, 2, and even 3 to an extent. But 4, 5, Sony kind of annoys me. Not that Xbox is super great. Except I think under Phil Spencer, I've liked a lot of what they've done. There are a lot of ways they can improve as well, but the backward compatibility stuff they did, even though that's no longer a thing they're doing, that was very important to me. And off of that, let's move on to the other bit of news, which was Hasbro coming out and saying that they wanted to, and also coming out even more recently and apologizing for throwing shade at Activision, but saying they would love to see post-acquisition Microsoft bring back old Transformers games to digital storefronts. This is something I never even considered, but the idea of, or the, the concept, the prospect of Microsoft bringing back delisted games to digital storefronts, whether that be all of them or just the Microsoft side of things, is a very desirable potentiality. For me, I would love it if the Transformers games returned to stores and were able to be purchased digitally because anything that allows me to not have to put a disc in, I'm all for. And then it got me thinking, well, I'm pretty sure they put out Activision, that is, put out the most recent TMNT game. I think it was Mutants in Manhattan. The platinum-made game, which was a crushing and depressing and awful and why was it so bad disappointment coming off of Transformers Devastation, which was fantastic. 
man, I was so excited. After that Transformers game, I thought, just do this with the turtles and it'll be great. And they didn't do that. They did some other dumb shit and it's real, real bad. But that game is no longer purchasable digitally. So the only way you could play it is if you had the disc. I have the disc. I have both uh, the disc for 360 and Xbox One because I'm that way. But I would love for it to return to digital storefronts just because of... What is it? What is it? What is the term again? I'm forgetting the term. Eh, with the classic games, they, they talked about it. Preservation. Preservation. That's the word. I want preservation. But you know what? I don't want to preserve this episode of the podcast because it's a fucking mess already. So let's just get on to what I've been playing. We got news out of the way. Final Fantasy fourteen. Thumbs up, Enchi. I am excited. Did you play it? I can't even remember if you played it or not. Let's 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 play it. We're not gonna play it. I mean I might play it and you might play it, but <laughs> we're gonna play it together. Bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> And bring back bad TMNT games to digital storefronts. All of them. Bring all the bad ones. You can bring some good ones too. But bring all the bad ones. But on that note, Microsoft, be the middle person. Broker more potential things where you can bring back the illicit stuff. Especially, to me, I've said this before. Any game that is backward compatible, which means they've done something, they've made some kind of agreement to allow it on the modern consoles if they're delisted fix that I want to have all these games digitally if possible fuel I don't want to have to bust out my 360 disc if I want to play it on my Xbox Series X put it back on digital storefronts sons of bitches anyway let's get on to what I've been playing starting with Antstream Arcade this is something that has been around for a while. I recently realized. Shut up. Don't you say anything. Stop. Stop fucking saying what I'm. Google, stop. Shut up. Thank you. Jesus Christ. I hate fucking Google. <laughs> I was worried that it was going to count hate as hey. And it's the worst. It's so bad. Anyway, Anstream Arcade is something that's been around for a while, I realize. I think maybe as early as 2020, maybe even earlier. But it just recently came out on Xbox. And there was a bit of news about that where I believe they thanked Phil Spencer for helping make it happen. And this is a streaming platform with 1,300 plus classic games ranging from arcade titles to some i think they have snes versions of third-party games and not genesis but the mega drive i don't know if that's an important differentiation or not but that is how they worded in there and a bunch of other older consoles which is what makes a lot of the library because they're old consoles that people don't care about or remember so it was probably easy to get a fair amount of their libraries but you have a lot of classic games in here and there, there, there are some 
known quantity, some big games like the original Mortal Kombat and that was the one that stuck out the most. There's Top Gear 2, but not Top Gear 1, which annoyed me. You've got the Ninja Gaiden arcade game, which I have no recollection of. And when I started playing it and immediately was in this beat-em-up game where I was fighting against a bunch of Jason Voorhees, I was very confused and I wasn't overly fond of it. But it is a streaming platform that has all these classic games on it. And it works surprisingly well. I was somewhat pleasantly surprised by the overall responsiveness of it. I would not recommend fighting games in it, though you don't have to worry about that all too much because what's there outside of Mortal Kombat, not great. Do you really want to play Clay Fighter? No, you don't. You don't. Trust me. I went back and I played a little bit of it. No, you're good. So I would avoid fighting games because as responsive as it is overall, it does have its occasional hiccups and fighting games is fighting games are one of the genres that it is most noticeable in. But then I also played Smash TV, an arcade game I love. That was fine. But there, there are moments where it kind of has a bit of slowdown, a little bit of lag here and there. But overall, it worked surprisingly well compared to other streaming services I've dabbled in in the past. The problem I had with it, though, is that one... I don't like the UI. I think there are many ways in which it would allow, or it would be nice if they had. I don't, I don't like that you can't search by various. They have, they have their bespoke or whatever categories that they have in there, but you can't one search via or or select various platforms so you can't just say show me all your arcade games show me all your your SNES games all your Mega Drive games not that I, I saw at least you can go by genres and they have a search function of course but then there's no real explanation of what is going on because there are a bunch of challenge systems in uh, on, on the platform but what exactly they mean, what this currency is, I'm not sure. And and this is a, a, a platform that works off of a subscription service, a subscription model. So you can pay $30 for a year subscription, or I believe it's $80 for a lifetime subscription. The lifetime subscriptions, not a bad deal. If you are confident the service will be around for at least three years. I'm not confident, but I'm also not confident you're really want, going to want to use it for more than a little bit because given its nature the selection of games is not it's not great you're you're not going to have a, you're not going to want to play a lot of these games i don't think you know earth earthworm gems another big hitter there which did not feel good that was maybe even more so than Mortal Kombat, the game that felt the most off in terms of responsiveness and input lag and and stuff of that nature. 
And I think it's weird that unless I miss something, because I, I did get a code for it, and I believe my code was for a year's subscription, so for a year worth of it. I think it's weird that it doesn't have a free-to-play version, that it's not just this free app that you then download and can peruse and if you see that it's full of games you'd like to try you can then purchase a subscription because it would make sense it to me what would be great for this service for answering arcade is if it was free to download and then they had a rotating collection of games you could stream for free or just a single game that rotates every hour, every whatever. But that's not the case, to my knowledge. But again, like, like I said, the there are these challenges which are kind of fun. The They come in two forms that I could tell. Again, the game, the platform, the service does not do a great job of explaining what all these things are, what all these various icons are, because there are these rocket ship icons that show up on certain games that I wasn't sure if that meant this was some weird homebrew thing or something, but it was to indicate a game had an active challenge going on in it because there are these group challenges where everyone can chip in and fight against, I don't know if it's another big player or AI or a certain high score thing, and you you collect you you use your collective high scores to try and put the balance on your side and if you do you might get some of the in-game currency which again i don't know what the fuck that is for because again doesn't explain fucking anything but it, it's a neat service that i want to say has potential they need to iron out kinks and there's potentially something there. But then when I found out it's been around for a while, I'm like, eh, this is where you're at after this much time. I don't know anymore. And also, I question the quality of the emulation because there were instances where I was playing a game that maybe I wasn't familiar with and there'd be no in-game music at all. And I wasn't sure if that was the way it was supposed to be or if it was poor emulation or if there was something else going on. And other instances where maybe the sound effects were borked. And then in one of the early reviews I read for the original release in 2020, there were comments about how the emulation is spotty and there were cases where a game was void of all sound effects, was void of all this, void of that. And... That seems to still be the case, but again, it could just be that these games never had that, but it seems weird to me for a game, especially a racing game, for instance, to not have any music at all during the races. They had many music, but then in the races, it was just pure sound effects, and that seemed a little weird to me. But maybe, maybe that was the case with the one game I was playing not sure not sure i didn't go and do a bunch of research but if you if you want to try it out i guess you're forced to pay but maybe you're not maybe 
fingers crossed and I'm wrong and you can try it for free. But if not, I guess you have to take the $30 bullet for a year. If you want to dabble with these games, I would go on their website and look up what games are there to see if there's enough there for you to give it a shot. That is Ant Stream Arcade, which I keep wanting to call Alien Ant Stream. <laughs> and it bugs the shit out of me. Next up is Agriculture, which is a single player puzzle game that got tedious almost immediately. I did. Oh, I can't think of the last game I played that turned me off so immediately. This is a game where you have, and it seems like every level, you've got four minutes to complete it. And what you're doing is sewing, not sewing, towing, whatever. What are you doing when you're fucking tilling? Is it tilling the soil? Where you're making the soil ready for planting. And then you take your, your various crop, uh, crop seeds, you plant them, you water them once, they grow, you harvest them, you collect them and you sell them. And that is the puzzle thing. So you have your your two two plots of I think maybe six by six squares. And all you're doing is preparing the soil, planting your crops, watering them, harvesting them, collecting them, and taking them to sell. And that is that is the puzzle. The, the challenge comes in making sure you, you water the, the plants before they shrivel up and die. You'll have to collect water after you hit a certain point where you're planting a whole bunch of stuff because you'll run out. But that is all you're doing. And the only way the puzzles get harder and more challenging is by adding to the tedium in, in how many of various crops you have to plant. And how many crops you have to plant. How many different crops you have to plant. So you start off just having to plant carrots. And it's probably only two to three that first level. And then it's it jumps up to five. Then six. Then they also want you to plant a few tomatoes. Then a few eggplant. Then some cabbage. And so on and so forth. And they make it all more and more tedious by increasing the number of crops. And increasing the amount per crop and that is it that is the game nothing else and there's no additional challenge to the experience like animals roaming your little tiny farm in order to you know as a way of maybe stealing crops that you've harvested and haven't picked up yet or picking them out of the ground before they're ready etc there's nothing of, of that ilk it is just Plant a bunch of shit and then sell it the end. And it is incredibly boring, incredibly tedious, and one of the most immediately nope, I'm good experiences I've had all year. I when I realized what the game was and that that was all the game was, I was super bummed. And super uninterested in sticking with it. I'll only return to it at some point if I'm ever so desperate to get all the achievements in it. But outside of that, no. 
And it's too bad because it's got a nice look to it. Music's all right. But gameplay-wise, well, hell no. No, 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 no. Then we've got, and that was that was agriculture. Agriculture. If you want to try it out, go ahead. But I do not recommend it. I, I would highly recommend real agriculture. Plant some shit in real life. Because you know what you can do with that? It may still be tedious, but you can eat that shit yourself. But next up, we have Double Dragon Gaiden Rise of the Dragons, which is, or pegs itself as a rogue light, or is it roguelike? I think it's roguelike. I don't think you're, you're carrying over, or you unlock, you can unlock new characters, but that's it. So I'd say roguelike, beat them up, where the structure of it is set up in a way where you have four gang leaders, that you have to defeat. And there might have been a final boss after that. But the way it works is that initially you you, you just pick from the four, start you can, you can attack whoever you want to start off. And you'll just have to go through one level to reach the final uh, the, to reach that gang leader. And after you defeat them, all the other gang leaders increase their strength because they know you're coming. They're preparing for you so they hire better goons and that next gang leader you fight you can again pick from the three remaining ones whoever you want you'll have to battle through two stages to get to them so you'll have to battle through two stages an additional stage with more challenging enemies and then you, you fight the gang leader and move on to the next one what do you think is going to happen again the remaining two increased strength now three levels so on and so forth, you get the drill. Cool structure. I like it. It's been referred to as Mega Man-ish, but I wouldn't say that's the case. Outside of you just getting to choose the order in which you tackle levels. But outside of that, it's different. It's more like the one starring Jet Li, where when you take one of the leaders down all the other ones get stronger until there's only one left who is the strongest of them all good dumb movie highly recommend it and the best thing about that movie too is it's i believe under or it's just over 90 minutes or under 90 minutes and you know what sometimes it's nice and by sometimes i mean a lot of times it's nice when a movie is not two and a half hours i don't want to watch all these two and a half hour movies Gosh, darn it. I was looking at Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and it's two and a half hours, and I was like, oh, god damn it. Why? Why? But that is how the game is structured. Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Gaiden, no. Double Dragon Gaiden. And I'm all for that. I like that. And and aesthetically, it's got a very chibi-ish pixel aesthetic specifically where all the characters have big heads and that seems to have turned off quite a few people but I don't mind it I think it looks pretty alright I, I like the visuals fine enough what I don't like is how the game plays this is one of the most sluggish beat-em-ups I've played in a very long time there is a deliberate nature to every action 
and a wind-up to every action that makes everything feel both unresponsive and uncomfortable. So when you are attacking an enemy, there is... It's not even a delay. It's just like... There is this weird, weird... Slow feeling nature to everything. As if you're fighting underwater. And this is true of the enemies as well. They 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 work off the same feel. And it's not good. It, it just feels incredibly slow and sluggish. And... On top of that, so you, you have four characters unlocked to begin with. Billy and whatever, the two brothers, their mentor, uncle, Martin, however you're supposed to pronounce that, M-A-T-I-N, and Marianne. The brothers and Martin all work like traditional melee beat-em-up fighters, but Marianne is range-based. She uses a gun because she's now a cop. And it doesn't... You also, when you're, you're going into these stages, you have a tag team system. So you select two of the characters and you can switch out between the two whenever your meter is ready. You can't just freely go back and forth all you want. You have to at least wait for a cooldown between uh, tagging but Marianne with her gun is way too OP it's 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 way too easy to just keep every enemy at a distance bosses included that it doesn't make sense to use any other character I did not find any reason to switch out and, and play as anyone other than Marianne once I realized how OP she was and what makes it even worse is that I hate the health system in this game and how it works in that the only way outside of boss fights to get food, to get health back, is by defeating three or more enemies with a special attack. Not with a normal attack, not with environmental hazards, but only with special attacks. And every character has three special attacks mapped to the triggers and the Y button. I go, yeah, it is a Y button. And Marianne's special attacks are way, way, way better because they're weapon-based at taking down groups of enemies as opposed to all the melee fighters who do things like charging in front of them and taking out enemies that way or doing a dive punch, and so on and so forth. And those are way harder to connect with a large group of enemies. And even if you connect, some can get out of the way. It's just a pain in the ass. But you have Marianne, and specifically her second special, uh, which is the left trigger one, which is her firing a bazooka. Huge area effect blast. Takes out a bunch of enemies super easily. And is a, a pretty much guaranteed way of always getting food. So you don't need to tag out because if you take damage, 
you have the the easiest way of taking down enemies with a special attack so that you can get food and then regain that health and then you're all good. What else, what else is different between Marianne and all the melee fighters is that everyone has an ability and the melee fighters all have various varying types of grabs. But Marianne has a dodge roll the dodge roll has a bit of a delay after the fact, which is a bit annoying. You can't and you can't cancel out of any animation. But having that dodge roll alone makes getting out of certain situations a lot better than not having any kind of dodge roll at all. After her dodge roll, she does a baton attack, either forward or behind her, which is nice if an enemy's right on top of you. But if an enemy isn't right on top of you, then they, they could have enough time between the attack animation and you regaining control to attack you. And then one of the frustrating things is that when you are being attacked or you're attacking an enemy, there's no way of countering. There's no way of getting out of a combo attack. So you just have to take what the enemy ha is dishing out and they have to take what you're dishing out if you're attacking them which is frustrating that there's no way of dodge rolling out of that or countering or timing anything. You're just, just got to take it. And there, there, there were a handful of instances where I just ended up in this chain of constantly getting attacked with, with no way of really defending myself or escaping. And that was very frustrating. Another annoyance is just how simple the controls are. So, the the controls are attack ability three specials and jump and, and then you also have a run and then your your tag ability of course to switch out between the characters the fact that you only have one attack you don't have a light attack and a strong attack means there is no depth to the combat there are no combos no various types of attacks or, or patterns you could, you're just you have your base combo of pressing the attack button three times and then your specials that's it it's super simple and that might sound good to some people but it makes the the combat repetitive so fast and makes it incredibly dull and is part of why it feels like you don't have much control and and why it's just, it's, it's unfortunate that the game has some good ideas there, but all of those ideas don't matter when the game itself does not feel good to play. And it was really, really disappointing. I, I did not have any fun with it, and I'm a huge beat-em-up fan. I love beat-em-ups a whole bunch, but this is, this is not good. I, I've been critical of the river city girls games for instance and in, in how well the second one i can't really speak to because that had performance issues that made it a mess to play initially and i think they've maybe ironed those out and i should revisit it but the first one had wild balance issues it was just all over the place difficulty wise but it felt good it felt good overall That's not, uh, 
that's not the case here. And if those two could marry River City Girls and Double Dragon Guided, maybe there'd be a good game there. But no, no. And again, Marianne breaks the game. So that also makes it not fun when you have this one character who's so clearly better than the other. There is no reason to play as any of the other characters. You'd be doing yourself a disservice. You'd be making the game significantly harder for yourself by playing as anyone other than Marianne. If I could play as Marianne, teamed with Marianne, I would 100% do it. But you can't do that. But that's that's Double Dragon Guide and Rise of the Dragons. Last up is The Valiant, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. This is a real-time strategy game. I played on Xbox. It is... maybe okay but there is no tutorial whatsoever outside of hey you press this button to select units press this button to move units you press this one to have them perform an action on a selected enemy group or this or that the end and that's it and i've talked about this before I'm perfectly fine with most games not telling you a lot or not going through the whole tutorial thing, making you figure things out on your own because a lot of games are more, more straightforward. But strategy games, especially on controller, no. If you don't want to put a tutorial in your campaign at the start of it and, and, and all that, whatever. Give me a tutorial in the menu. Give me something. Or have a fucking in-depth manual digital manual in the, the the pause screen there's not that either so you just have to learn by fucking failing and whatnot and i was not having fun doing that so if you don't if you don't mind having no tutorial in your real-time strategy game on console using the gamepad have at it but I was not feeling it I played it for an hour and I just was not enjoying my time with it so that is the Valiant don't you're my uh, pro, uh, pro, progress you, you go at your own risk is what I say about that that is going to do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. I am, I said this before, pretty much done with Twitter, X, whatever you want to fucking call it now. But I saw, because I still have it on my phone, and I saw that the, the name has been changed to just an X, and that annoys me even more just seeing that single X there that I'm not I am I did delete it from my phone because I cannot have that extra ugliness on my home screen but I'm pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage the site YouTube Patreon Discord and so many other links can be found over at PXSausage.com that is PXSausage.com of course the Patreon is the best way to support the show and the site if you so choose which is patreon.com slash pxs but that is it 
that is all. So uh, again, or, you know, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I love the rest of your week and a lovely weekend. But for now, adios, arrivederci, bye. Bye. Bye.